So welcome to Drones Garage. I'm Jacob, and today I have Peter here who works for Microsoft, yep. but you work out of... I'm on the Application Insights team in Azure. That you live in like Colorado or something. I live in Denver, Colorado. You live in Colorado, and you happen to run a multi-GP chapter. Yeah, I'm the vice president of one of the largest multi-GP chapters in the world. Cool. So you were here yep. at, in Redmond this week, and we said, I said, hey, you want to be on the show? Let's... Let's talk about your stuff. You could talk about whatever you want. So just a quick interview. Sure. Of, and you brought some toys with you. Yeah, I did. I don't. So, I never travel without copters ever. <laughs> um, sometimes I bring the full size ones, like you guys were looking at earlier. Um, I've been really enjoying the uh, the smaller scale, um, especially in the winter. You know, Colorado yeah. snow, wet, yeah. um, nasty <laughs> stuff. So uh, all winter we've actually been racing the the tiny whoops. Um, indoors at a hobby shop. We've actually been, uh, we had a little sponsorship deal with one of our local hobby shops and cool. uh, been racing them every Wednesday. And then just recently we started racing brushless uh, inside one of those, uh, you know, those inflatable sports domes. Oh, yeah. They got the big white dome over the top of them. We raced the brushless ones in, in one of those. And uh, you found an inflatable sports dome to, you lease the space or something? Well, yeah. <laughs> so there, there was an AMA club in, okay. in Denver that was already doing electric indoor flight there. Oh, okay. And he found out about us, and we started chatting at one of our uh, Tiny Whip races, actually. And um, he said, well, why don't you guys come out and run an, uh, an event and see how that goes? And so we started flying Tiny Whoops in there, but there's this wonderful giant space. And so... You're like, we could go a little bigger. Well, we brought a couple <laughs> of five inches out and kind of scared the guys uh, okay. a little bit by flying, you know, these big full-speed five inches inside of an inflatable dome that will deflate if you puncture it. And he said, okay, can we go smaller maybe and have some prop guards, which is why we started looking at at this class, which is uh, brushless motors, so they're still pretty quick, yeah. um, but um, but a little safer for the dome and for the other people who might be in there. Yeah, so this one I know, because we did. Uh, we were talking right before we started filming, like this uh, Doinker. Yeah, uh, so this is, a, this is a Doinker, which, you know, you can download the, the STL files off Thingiverse and print them up yourself. Um, I actually bought this one from, from the original Doinker guys, and then yeah. I've been printing out some of the replacement parts myself. Um, I find that the Doinker runs best on 3S batteries, of course, okay. because it's so much heavier. Um, and the class that we've been racing for brushless indoors has been a 2S class, which is why uh -huh. I then designed this little guy. So this is a copter of your own design. My own design. This is the prototype, all 3D printed. The actual final ones that I'm uh, for my for the members of the club are, are carbon fiber based, so the a carbon fiber guard that's held with a printed. Is the carbon fiber cut with that angle down? No, no. So there's a, there's a nylon printed guard. Okay. That, that, that screws in there and then holds on to the arm, the, the carbon top piece. Okay. It works cool. really well. Works really well. And, how, and, and you guys race in 2S? Yeah, 2S with these, uh, indoors, and um, we use uh, gates that are about three foot square. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah I have a Baby Hawk. I used to have a Dunker. Yeah. I, I got rid of it. Um, the little and, ones are fun. I mean, we of course, now that the weather's gotten nice, we've started racing outdoors again. And um, we are, we're hosting the, uh, whatever the region is, 6B or whatever it is, the one that we're in. Hosting both the the uh, qualifiers for our for Denver and then the finals for the whole region uh, later on in the summer. Cool. So we yeah, it's it's been really rainy here in the northwest all winter long, and so well, that's why I brought like... the little ones. I figure maybe I get a chance to, to do some indoor flying. Uh, you know, I could, this room would be great. I'll fly tiny whips in here all day. Yeah, we did. We did over over the winter uh, and through in March. We started doing these tiny whip races um, indoors, mm -hmm. just just for mainly fun. Uh, and so I actually have a multi-GP chapter called yep. Drones Garage, but it's more of like me to understand like what multi-GP was sure. and that sort of stuff. But I haven't been super active in it because I want to support the local multi-GP chapters around here. Of course. Right, to say, Absolutely. hey, you guys do all the stuff 
and and I'll help you with that, but I didn't want to. Well, I saw that the Seattle FPV chapter is also hosting uh, yep. one of the regional qualifiers coming up in June, I think. Yep. So um, I may, if I'm out here for a trip, I may come. I may, I, yeah, and actually, we'll see it. We'll see what happens. So I'm working just I'm working with them to do some stuff to hopefully help with a place to host that. Excellent. So that that'll be uh, that'll be cool. So I'm, we're talking back and forth to see. They have some they have some races on their schedule where they don't have a place to do it, mm. and so we're we're. Um, well, that's actually the biggest problem we've been finding as we've been putting together events. I mean, like I, said, I mentioned, we are. I think if you look on the multi GP site, I think right now on any given day we are the largest chapter in the country. But that changes. Okay. Uh, we regularly have races, even when the weather's terrible, that have at least forty to fifty pilots trying to sign up. Oh. We've been trying since we started going twenty five milliwatt transmitters. Left, right, alternating, et cetera. We can now run eight pilots wide, wow. which is rough, but we do it, um, which means we can support those numbers. But it was rough when we were still trying to run only five wide. Um, but uh, flying, finding places to fly has, without a doubt, been the hardest thing. You know, the indoor dome stuff has been great for this scale. The hobby shop flying has been fun for this. He actually keeps his course set up all the all time. time. Oh, that's so cool. So when, when, when customers come in to buy stuff, they're like, well, what are all these rings and lights for? And he explains it to them. And oftentimes awesome. they then buy an Inductrix and, and sometimes we even get them coming back and wanting to fly. Um, but yeah, the outdoor stuff has been rough. We've recently started ha having races at uh, one of the big Colorado AMA fields. Okay. Made a good relationship with those guys. He's actually the regional director, is the club, ch the chapter owner there as well, the regional director of the AMA for Colorado. Huh. And then um, we're also now looking at, uh, we're trying to get creative. So we're looking at like polo fields. You don't even think of yeah, these things. Yeah, different but places. That, as long as they have enough open space, that and you can set up and go. And a polo field is huge. They're I mean, huge. Like, we mapped out some of our courses on it. I'm like, we could probably run four courses here. It's that yeah. big. And I was surprised to find that uh, polo as a sport is actually quite drone friendly. They use them for filming and they use them for instant replays. Uh, and so they were like, sure, come on out. So we're going to start running some of That's interesting because there are some polo fields up here. It might be interesting to talk to them, and if, they're, if they are concerned, let me know, and I'll put them in touch with our polo people, and maybe they can get you guys in there. Yeah, maybe that's an option. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So before, also, we were talking about prop direction. I yeah. Did, let's, because I have a baby hawk, and, and, right, and so you had said something about the prop mm -hmm. direction stuff, because I, when I set up my larger quads now, I always do the reverse prop thing. Right. Uh, the Inductrix is naturally reverse propped based out of how it came with out. With the stock boards, yeah. The stock boards. Uh, and so these little micro quads, like I had a few Akaroo, Tiny whoop size boards. I have the baby hawk, but they're all normal prop direction. But you, right. have, you have an opinion on this prop direction? Yeah. So of what you guys when you say normal prop direction, what what that <laughs> normal means, beta well, flight direction? Yeah. What that really means is is the ones that came from the base flight heritage. So yes, all of yeah, the firmwares yeah. that came from the base flight heritage, um, uh, and maybe even multi wee before that, but I'm not sure. Have as you said, turning in at the front. They turn in at the front. Turning in at the front and in at the back. Yeah. Um, and so all of them, which includes beta flight, uh, race flight, tri flight, all of these various derivatives, all kind of assume that in at the front, in at the back right. thing. And when the scale got down, and it was it was the Doinker, and then like the Swift, and some of the other ones that are in this really small scale, these two inch props, people started to realize that when the props are turning in at the front like that, and I've got a strap in the way here. Um, basically, what happens is in a really hard yaw, a really hard yaw around like that, especially if you're in forward flight one of the inside motors that's actually holding up the majority of the copter stops. Okay. As a, as a way of a, trying to make the yaw work. Trying to make it work. And so the other guys start to spin up and things get crazy and you'll often <laughs> see these tumbles or, or a direct fall out of the sky. Okay. But when you swip them the other way around, 
the one that tries to slow down the most is actually one that's on the outside, which has got some turn, which uh, has some forward okay. momentum anyway. Right. And I think uh, uh, it might be Joshua Bardwell has a full video that explains this, and that's kind of how I went through it. And then a number of us started playing around with them on these scales, and we really found a significant difference. And in fact, most of our, this is going to sound funny to say, hardcore tiny whoop racers, <laughs> yeah. because we have some guys who <laughs> yeah. are insanely fast with these little things, they've all switched to reverse prop on these guys too if, if they're running a board that supports it. It's, yeah. it's I think my main, my main reason for the bigger copters, like I said, was always like here the grass is usually wet mm -hmm. or dirty and having the props keep spinning the away, the it keeps all that stuff from up on your lens when yep. you're trying to fly and so it's when you land But uh, as I said, apparently it has legitimate physics-based uh, uh, flight characteristic it, benefits. In reality, and it, it, it doesn't really matter which, which, as long as their opposites are going the same direction. For forward flight, yeah. yeah. The issue is forward flight with a hard yaw. That's yeah, yeah. really where the, it comes I mean, to bear. And we I don't mean, really do that with the big ones. The five-inch yeah. ones, we don't really often do a really hard pitch, you know, right. spin around like that. So. Yeah, I'm just saying, whether they turn in or turn out, as long as you're consistent about that, yes. that really didn't matter to just make it fly. Correct. Right, and now we're just, you're discovering, like, hey, there are certain scenarios where having them going out in the front makes a big difference. It well. certainly seems to. Um, I'm sure there will be more people doing a lot more investigation. Just like everything, there's, there's always going to be people that... Yes. <laughs> it's a controversy either way. Sure. It's, it's like, like Spectrum versus Tyrannus or everything else. <laughs> circular polarized versus not, because a lot of people are now starting to switch back to dipoles as we're yeah. dropping our wattages way down, saying that, you know what, this is a lot more durable in a crash, and it's yeah. perfectly fine when you're no more than 100 meters away. Audience, audience question. Yeah. <laughs> audience question. Audience question. Can I fly in multi-GP with a dipole? Uh, we fly tiny whoops to the dipole all the time. If we are running an outdoor race, this is the way my chapter works. It's not multi-GP. It's about the way my chapter works. Because really, the, what you're asking is a, the question about dipole or not dipole. Is it class legal for multi-GP? Multi-GP doesn't really specify. Yeah. Um, now, each race or each class or each chapter may have rules on that. And what we've done is this season, since we started trying to go eight pilots in a heat, you really cannot go eight pilots in a heat unless you alternate left and right polarization across the race band sequence. Okay. So, so how are you doing that with the, you race eight with the, the, the We the don't race eight pods? with these guys yet. Okay. Because um, those all-in-one cameras, you, uh, do they even come in left-hand polarized? No, but you can take those off. That's how, oh, they, that's how these became dipoles. <laughs> oh, I, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, we, we basically only run four or five with these at a time, okay. so we can use what they call IMD5, which is a different uh, frequency mapping. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it really kind of depends. But the left and right polarization with 25 milliwatt power is what allows us to run eight pilots at once. Very cool. And what do you guys use? Uh, what do you use for timing? We use a, a TBS event tracker. Okay. Um, we work, uh, we've been working very closely with the guys who developed the multi-GP software called LapSync and then the TBS guys who build that thing. Um, and in fact, for a while there, uh, the guy who's now the president of our chapter and I had built one that was entirely Arduino based. The, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. We built it ourselves and we're kind of scratch building it to try to figure out how to make it go. And then this one popped out that you can just turn on and plug in. Um, I will tell you though, if anybody's going to use one of those, I do recommend that you figure out how to make it work with 900 megahertz telemetry radios instead of running 175 feet of ethernet cable. Oh, is that how you get it in the field? Yep. So okay. we use I haven't the, used mine outside yet. Like yeah, we, bought, so, we bought one for our chapter. Uh, we use it for doing the tiny move races mm -hmm. indoors. Um, I could say I, it, it's, I haven't felt like I successfully got it to function 100%. 
every There's time. a bunch of tips and tricks. Feel yeah. free to, to so. ping me anytime, and I'm happy to help out. I'll tell you this with yeah. the radios, though. You remember the 3DR APM Pixhawk kind of days yeah, yeah. Of before we all got into racing and whatnot? You know, you had those wonderful telemetry radios, those 900 megahertz radios that go really long distances, and it's effectively a USB or UART modem. Okay. So um, with a little bit of hackery in the event tracker, and you can get support from TBS to help you get the hackery done, you can put one of those radios in there, and then you put the other one on your computer, and now you can put that now thing almost as far away as you far want with you want. no wires. Works like a charm. That's cool. Let me know. I'm happy to help. Do that. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Any uh, anything else you want to talk about your chapter or anything else? For um, no. It's like I said, our chapter we're we're called uh, APD or Aurora Parker Denver, which okay. is kind of the entire all of, uh, of Denver and south and east uh, cool. of of there. We have a number of uh, very well known pilots who fly in Colorado with us regularly. Um, if you've heard of uh, Jet. And um, all the guys, uh, the other guys, which is the guys who invented the Tiny Whoop guys, yeah. there's a Team Big Whoop. All those guys are in Colorado. Um, most of them, uh, most of those, like Jet and those guys, all fly up north. Okay. Um, they have a chapter up there that's called the other guys. And then we've got kind of that southeast area. But we have a number of pilots from the southeast who were at the nationals uh, in Muncie, and also who were out at the big event that happened on Governor's Island in New York City last year. Um, uh, yeah, we had a, a kid last year who was one of the one of the top probably 10 or 15 pilots in the world. Um, lives about a mile from me, 14 year old. Yeah. Um, which of course has now prompted me to say that I need to create the old man league because I can't compete with these kids anymore. <laughs> the age, They're just too fast. Age divisions are coming, right? <laughs> no, I'm basically yeah. If if you need reading glasses, then you can race in the old man league. That's kind of okay. what I'm thinking. All right, I'm I'm there. <laughs> So awesome! Well, thanks for coming on the show. My uh, pleasure. It's, been, it's it's always fun to find out different people. Like we internally have a, a you know Microsoft Teams stuff. And we have a yep. Slack channel and stuff, and so different people from all over the company join. And and so it's always well, that's how we connected. Me. I said, hey, like, I'm coming hey. to town. I'm bringing copters. Who wants to go fly? Yeah, and I was like, oh, hey, you should come record a show. I'd love to. That'd be yeah. cool. So yeah, always I always try to get more people and talk to different people about all their stuff that they're doing in their areas. Very so, cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank for you very coming. much. Nice to meet you. So that's our show and fly safe. <laughs>